Welcome to Beyond the Bullet Points, a podcast from Stoddard's Ranging Guns, where Ken Bay explores the personalities, histories, and drive behind Stoddard's brands and the organizations it supports. The term nine line is a distress call used for a medevac request for a soldier injured on the battlefield. When Tyler and Daniel Merritt returned from serving overseas as army captains, they started a t-shirt company. They named it nine line. They started the company in 2012 with Tyler's wife, Angela, and with Miles Burke, a Savannah College of Art and Design student, in Tyler's garage. They've come a long way since 2012. They employ more than 150 people, most of them veterans and they support veterans in numerous ways. In 2016, Nine Line sold $14 million of apparel. That includes a lot of t-shirts. Their t-shirts and other apparel feature strong patriotic themes, and they raise awareness for veterans' causes and for first responders. They've ranked in Inc. Magazine's top 100 of the country's fastest-growing companies for two years in a row. In doing so, they join a small, prestigious list of companies who have ranked in the top 100 for two years in a row. Companies like Microsoft, Dell, Domino's Pizza, LinkedIn, and Yelp. I sat down with Matt Lida, the president of business development, in their new 60,000-square-foot facility outside of Savannah, Georgia. My name is Matt Lida. I am the president of business development. I am the entertainer, I guess you would say, <laughs> of uh, Nine Line Apparel. I oversee um, our wholesale and custom um, department. Uh, I have a sales manager that you know works directly with them, but I oversee the entire department. And anything that happens kind of outside of what we sell on our website is what I um, oversee. And then I actually work side by side with like our marketing department and stuff just to throw in my ideas and my two cents on what I think would look good online as well. And then just creatives. I'm just kind of part of that creative team of videos, pictures, anything like that. So I'm sitting in your new 60,000 square foot facility. Yes. You guys have come a long way in four to five Just a years. little bit. <laughs> tell, tell me about this new facility and, and where the company started. Well, uh, five years ago, uh, Tyler and uh, Danny Merritt, you know, started Nine Line Apparel in a single car garage, the American dream. Uh, Tyler had an idea to make, you know, promotional products, uh, T-shirts, things like that for military units. And um, that was kind of his idea of what the company would be. And his buddy Flip got hurt and he was like, man, we could raise money as well. And we could do all these, you know, Tyler's vision is, you know, a million miles an hour. And, you know, sometimes you think it's far-fetched, but the man always ends up, you know, reaching his vision. Um, and from that single-car garage, they started, you know, printing shirts with a direct-to-garment machine and a little small dryer. And it was three of them in there with Tyler's pregnant wife packing boxes and shipping them out and all kinds of stuff. She had to quit school, and it was, it was just insane. And they went from the garage to taking over a house, literally like sleeping, piled up on top of each other with equipment in every room. And 
were able to hire one other person they could actually pay and then a second person. And then they finally moved into a President Street location, which was 5,500 square feet. And we did everything. I mean, we had a retail location. We had embroidery. We had you know, production, fulfillment, shipping. Everything was there. Um, thought that was going to be our home for five years. Well, that lasted about six months. And then the building beside us came available, moved in there. That was about another 5,000 square feet we were able to overtake. So we were sitting in about 10,000 square feet thinking, we'll never outgrow this. Outgrew that in about six months as well. And this beautiful facility and the land came available here. And uh, it's been a process like anything else when you go to build something. It is sometimes not fun dealing with, you know, all the pieces that have to be placed. But um, after the uh, 5,500 square foot building, we moved into the 5,000 square foot building. And thought it was going to be a forever home. About six months later, it became too small. Thank God. And um, then... This land came available, purchased the land, started building this facility. We've got almost 400 square, uh, 400 acres here. Um, we are got a lot of plans with the acreage. Um, and then we have, you know, the 60,000 square foot facility where we're all under one roof, where, you know, we're able to um, be more efficient with uh, the production and have more everybody's eyeballs are on everything instead of raw goods in 75 different places and finished goods in 10 different places. And it's, it's much better, much better for everybody. We're all happier. And, and what are the plans for the additional acreage? Well, we have a lot of plan. I mean, once again, Tyler's vision, we've got some cleared out land over beside us here that we've wanted to do some like concerts and stuff. Um, Luke Bryan goes around and does a farm tour we want to kind of do the same thing where, you know, people come here. There's no outdoor venue here in Savannah uh, that's, you know, high quality that can you can bring in a lot of people. So he's wanted to do stuff like that, fun stuff to to drive people over to this area as well. Um, and there's a lot of talks about being able to potentially um, have an area where, you know, we could have housing for disabled veterans and have multiple housing for multiple veterans. Well, interesting. Yeah. How many employees do you have now? 150. So. 150. We went from three to 150 in five years. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. How, do you have any idea how many t-shirts you've sold at that period of time? Oh, gosh. How many t-shirts? Uh, <laughs> there's no telling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we did. I remember this. I remember last year. I'd been with the company for three, four months, something like that. And Tyler's brother, Danny, brings us out into the one of the uh, famous parking lot meetings that we used to have and he's standing there and it was like October, November, something like that. And he said, guys, he said, um, you know, this, what was it this week? We no, it was in one day we sold more in that one day than we did like the entire first year of being open or something like that. I mean, it was insane. It's a statement. I mean, yeah, it was, it was crazy. I understand you want to bring all aspects of what you guys do, raw materials, manufacturing, to this facility in Savannah. Is that right? We do. Um, right now, we're you know outsourcing our, our raw materials. One of Tyler's dreams that he has is bringing manufacturing and textile industry back to America. Uh, it's, uh, it's something that is near and dear to his heart. We are, in 2018, 
moving towards American made. Um, we are going to do everything that we can to have um, the products that you buy from us 100% made in America. Uh, it's hard. It's not an easy task by any means, especially in the apparel business. Uh, you know, typically to be able to do that, you're going to have to, you know, skyrocket the price of your shirts to the consumer. Our goal is to not have to pass on that uh, charge to the customer. What we're wanting to do is negotiate the right deals with the right vendors and see if we can get some people to come on board that are going to um, want to support that uh, mission that we have, which is continue to create jobs here in America. If we can get one vendor to get on board with us and really be able to supply us with what we need and in the timely manner that we need, then at that point, that's going to be a springboard where I believe other vendors are going to, they're going to be forced to do the same thing because I believe it's going to drive other apparel companies to come to that vendor and start buying from them, which we're okay with. We just want, as we want to be able to build as many jobs as we can here in America. One way of doing that is switching to American made. Of course, the next way of doing that is trying to do more under one roof here and on this property, uh, potentially having a cut and sew factory. That's something that we have talked about. Um, if we did that, then, you know, we would definitely drive our costs down, have the ability to hire more people, have the ability to take chances on other ventures as well to be able to create more jobs for not only in America, but for uh, veterans, because that is one of our big initiatives. I asked Matt to explain a bit more about how Tyler, Daniel, and Angela came up with the name Nine Line. A Nine Line is a medevac call. Okay, so if you are in a bad, bad spot, <laughs> in uh, a bad, bad place, you would uh, call a nine line. And the first uh, like four calls, uh, four or five calls gets the helicopter off the ground. Uh, the rest of the calls that are in uh, that nine line, those last four or five, will give information to the combat medic inside the helicopter and the pilot uh, and everyone inside the helicopter to know what they're about to go into and what they're about to see and what they're about to have to deal with. And um, so that's what a nine line is. And our reason for choosing that name is because we want to continue to help veterans on this side of the pond as well. So when they get put in a bad situation here, they're in a bad spot that they know that we're going to be there to come in and help them. And we're going to be coming, coming in there to rescue them out of that situation. And that's what our whole mindset is at Nine Line is to be able to go in and help as many veterans as we possibly can. And that's why we named it that. This past September, while training to become a Green Beret at Fort Bragg, Staff Sergeant Alex Delita, 32 years old, was killed during a demolitions training. Sergeant Delita deployed twice to Afghanistan and twice to Iraq. He also served alongside Tyler in the 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment, also known as the Night Stalkers. Nine Line designed and sold a t-shirt for a limited time to support the Night Stalkers Association, which in turn donated funds to Alex Delita's wife and children. This is a common move for Nine Line. And he's one of, Lord, many that we do. You know, things like that for where we just, whatever they need, we'll be there to help them. Uh, we don't advertise it. We don't let a whole lot of people know. Um, one of the things that we do on our foundation side is the Nine Line Foundation is uh, we build houses for disabled veterans. So we build houses for amputees. Uh, right now we're building one for Eric Morante, who um, lost a leg when in a suicide bombing on a bridge in Iraq. 
it was him and his oh God, like six or seven guys in his unit uh, that uh, left that day with you know missing limbs. Uh, so we're building him a home in New Brothels, Texas. Uh, it's going to be one hundred percent fully handicap accessible. What we do is we work with one um, one recipient at a time. So instead of trying to help twenty guys or twenty gals, we're just helping one guy at a time, and hopefully it will be top of the funnel and it will drip down to others as well. And what we also do is we take every month, we do a uh, charity of the month shirt where we do all the promotion. We put marketing dollars behind it. We email blast it. We send it out, push it out. And all the sales from that shirt, we take all the proceeds, write a check to that foundation. has nothing to do with our foundation. It doesn't help us out. Uh, it doesn't help our foundation out. We just go out and look for other veteran charities or first responder charities that we can work with and help with. And we've been blessed enough on our end to where we've got several people that write really big checks. I know that yesterday you uh, got to talk with uh, Marty Daniel and Daniel Defense have been huge supporters of the Nine Line Foundation. And they've donated firearms. They've written checks. They've done all kinds of great stuff for us. And so we've been blessed to have people like that in our corner. There's a lot of charities out there that don't have that uh, type of backing. And after doing a little bit of research with them, after doing, you know, some, you know, vetting, we're not just going to take anybody that calls because uh, there are some bad ones out there, unfortunately. But uh, after vetting them and make sure they're the a reputable charity, we'll make a shirt for them, sell it, and hopefully raise a ton of money and, you know, stroke a big check for them. That's what our, our goal is. So you, you guys reacted after Hurricane Harvey hit Texas, too. Yes. Tell me about how you supported the victims there. Well, with that, we were, you know, at first we were like, hey, let's, I mean, we were packing up a truck and we were about to hit the road and go. Um, Tyler being in the 160th and uh, having his connections with that, got a phone call, said, please don't come. <laughs> so if you come down here. You're going to be more in the way than anything right now. We've got plenty of volunteers. Things are going great. Um, we just need to raise some some funds. That, that's what it looks like down here. We need to raise some funds. And we're like, okay, that's fine. We, we, we'll we be there right now. We're, we have a truck ready to go. I mean, we were – had the you've seen the fifth wheel outside. We were hooking up the fifth wheel. We were had supplies in the back. We had um, shirts in the back. We had a bunch of people come donate stuff. We got all that stuff, shipped it to uh, a couple of charities that we were familiar with in the Houston area, got it down there. Um, and then we made the Texas Strong shirt. That was one of our first initiatives. So it was, we said, okay, um, it, it sounds like it doesn't make sense for us to go there. Uh, sounds like they have hands. Uh, I hope that was the case, but it sounds like they have hands. And uh, what can we do? Okay, let's make this Texas Strong shirt. Let's start a, you know, a check to a charity. So that's what we did. We, um, uh, to be honest with you, I can't remember the charity, unfortunately. Uh, but we, um, designed the Texas strong, very simple, but yet a strong message, uh, sold the shirts and we're able to, you know, donate some, some money down there and that's be able to take care of the victims. Yeah. That's great. So how do you come up with your designs? A lot of, uh, a lot of creativity. Um, I'll be honest with you. I have seen designs be created where we go into a think tank where you have a bunch of people sitting in one room spitballing ideas that they've had. Today, we have a design that will launch on Monday that literally, it was literally 
thought of this morning by me and the CMO sitting there just having a conversation. I said, we got to get this on the, we got to get this up right now. And he's like, let's make it happen. And um, so it could, it could literally come from any of that. Our share around with ISIS shirt came from someone in production. You know, it's, if they think of something, the creative process here is not limited to just the artists. It's not limited to just the creative um, assets that we have created. It is, Anybody and everybody's got a good idea. They know that they can come to us with that idea and they know that they will be heard. So it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun, but for the most part, we have a, a, a group of artists and marketing team that are very talented folks that come up with these ideas. And then they hear the ideas that we have in the group. You saw how our, our layout is set up where everyone is open and free to talk and they're talking back and forth and they're, you know, um, mingling throughout the day. So anytime any good idea comes across the board, they make sure they uh, put it into the hopper and, and, you know, present it to the right people. And if it's something that lines up with what we're looking to launch, then um, we definitely run with it. Now, some of your designs make strong statements. Really all depends. What's the political environment at the time? What's going on in our country? Uh, One of our strongest shirts that I think, I mean, one of our best-selling and one of the most strongest statements is, stomp my flag, I'll stomp your ass. A couple of years ago when everyone was standing on the flag, the FedEx guy like tackled that guy and stuff that was stomping on the flag. That was something that, you know, we felt dear, you know, near near and dear to our hearts. So that's where Danny came up with, you know, you stomp my flag, I'll stomp your ass. And we put it on a shirt, broke the internet. <laughs> Everybody wanted it. <laughs> Everybody's been copying it ever since. So that says a lot. Um, those are things where, you know, what's going on in the world today, what's been, you know, laid upon our, our hearts at the time. Um, you know, we have our marketing teams constantly looking at the news cycle. And if there's anything that's popping up that's relevant, I mean, we, we get it out there as fast as we're uh, possibly able to. And um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of how we, you know, uh, come up with those designs. If, it, if it's going on right then, we will start moving. We'll start moving as fast as we possibly can. So Nine Line was, was recently ranked 85 on Inc.'s list of the nation's 5,000 fastest growing companies. Yeah. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. Yeah. We're not number one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're one of only a handful of companies that have been listed in the top 100 twice. Yep. Uh, you're, you're, back to back years. Yeah. That's a, it's a small fraternity. Uh, Microsoft, Dell, Domino's mm-hmm. Pizza, LinkedIn, Yelp. It's an impressive group that you are among. Um, they wish they could be as cool as us though. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so what would you say are the most important factors that play a role in, in that level of success? Leadership and attitude. Those two things. Those two things can't be taught. They can't be trained. They can't be learned. Those are things you're born with. Those are God-given things. Um, that's why we're where we're at. And examples of that leadership and, and attitude. Well, when you work for a man that was in special ops, <laughs> it's a different world. Yeah, you know, he comes from that SOCOM background, West Point graduate. You know, Tyler's a like top ten, I think, in his graduating class at West Point. He uh, was invited to come back and be an instructor at West Point uh, for three years while this company was growing. Um, that 
that type of leadership is not it's in, it's ingrained in you it's embedded in you and it trickles down to be honest with you um and attitude reflect, reflects leadership i think you've walked around today and you've seen i mean people have bad days but for the most part everybody here's having fun we're we're happy it's a great place to come work. This is the greatest, no offense to Stoddards, this is the greatest <laughs> company on earth. I can tell you that right now. Without a shadow of a doubt, I've worked at several different places. This is the greatest place on earth. And our leadership, and I'm you know, thankful to say that I'm part of it, um, as crazy as I am. I, I actually am part of the leadership. Our leadership is absolutely amazing. And it's so, I mean, like diverse. I mean, if you look at our leadership, you have Tyler from SOCOM, who's insane. I mean, he's 100 miles an hour. He's ADD. He's all over the place. But it works. Like, he just, it it works because you have his COO, his right-hand man. You met him, Miles, Mr. Mustache. My guy. I love Miles. Who's quiet, meek and mild. But when he talks, people listen. And smartest man in the room at all times. And he's a man that observes and takes in stuff. Um, you've got Rich, who's also a West Point grad with his CMO, who listens a lot, who may not be the most recognizable man in the room, but he knows what everybody's thinking in the room, and he knows what direction that everything needs to go in. And then you have uh, Stacy on the floor who – is the mad scientist who's running around and all you got to do is look at him and go, I don't think you can get this done today. And he's like, what is it? It's a million shirts. I'll get it done. And he's, <laughs> you know, he's crazy. And we just all mesh. We all mesh. And our, our vision is able to be passed on to our employees who trust what we're saying. They actually trust what our vision is and they believe in it because they've seen it grow and they've seen it work firsthand. That's what's great. And with that type of leadership, the attitudes of the employees are amazing. I think if you did a, a if you did a poll, an anonymous poll out of the 150 people, 151 of them would say this is the greatest place on earth. That's, that's a statement. I believe that 100%. If they don't, let me know who they are and we'll fire them. (laughs) (laughs) And how would you describe that vision? Is there chaotic? Um, (laughs) The, you know, it's world domination. It's, uh, you know, watch out Under Armour, watch out Nike. (laughs) You know, it's that type of vision. And I think you need that. Do we think that we're going to overtake, you know, Nike? I mean, no. I mean, I don't care who you are. That's, you know, it just is what it is. Coke, you know, you're just not going to do it. But by God, we're going to fight every day to try to be better than them. We're going to we're going to fight every day to to outsell them. They're in a totally different category, totally different demographic than us. But we we compare ourselves with them. Like, what are they doing? What can we do to line up with how they're selling to their audience? And um, we want to be the best. We don't want to be second place. I mean, we're, you know, we're, most of us are army guys. There's a few Marines and Navy. And so I won't uh, speak for them because they, uh, they didn't join the real military, but um, we don't want to be in second place. We we're the best. We're the best of the best. Tyler was part of the SOCOM. He believes that he's the, the, the best out there. And that, that trickles down to us as well. So uh, the vision is to continue to grow Continue to um, preach our 
uh, unapologetic patriotism to our customers and to our fans and to let all of them know that it's okay to stand for the flag. It's okay to be a patriot. It's having that got your six mentality, that brother's keepers mentality that we're going to help each other out and we're going to help our community out. We're going to help our veterans out. We're going to help out our neighbor. And that's who we are. That's our vision is for people to look at us and go, that company has our back. That company has the veterans back. They have the first responders back. That company is going to take care of the men and women who put their lives on the line every single day. That's what our vision is, is for everyone to look at us with that mindset. Any real, any surprises, anything that's really kind of enlightened you along the way? Somebody who's been saved in a certain way that you didn't expect? Um, you know what? I think the biggest surprise was myself, to be honest with you. Um, when I came to this job, I had another opportunity and the other opportunity was more money, safer. It was, uh, more of the everyday, you know, job, something I was kind of used to as a salesman of a job where I'd be taking people golfing, lunch. When I came to this job, I, I thought that I was like, man, I've got to be a manager. I've got to be a, this leader. And I never thought of myself as that. I never thought of myself as a leader. I always thought of myself as someone who was just going to wake up, go to work, go home, have a really good time and do it all again tomorrow. Um, and I, now I've got people coming up to me, asking me questions, wanting my advice, wanting my opinion on things, something that has never happened before at other at other jobs because I never put myself in a position to be that person because I never thought that I was. So I've had to stretch myself. You know, um, there's an old bodybuilder that said that, um, you know, if you everybody wants big muscles, nobody wants to pick up heavy stuff. So that's. You know, for for me here, it's me having to go get out of my comfort zone. It's getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I've learned a lot about myself um, and my leadership skills, if there is any there, but just my capabilities and um, what I'm able to provide to a team, what I'm able to provide to other individuals. So um, that's probably the biggest surprise out of everything was I've kind of done more than what I thought I was actually capable of doing, which is kind of cool. Growth has challenges. What are what are some of the challenges that have come out of this this type of incredible growth? It, you know, uh, filling orders in a timely manner, um, being able to change our processes and systems and updates on the technology side has been tough. Um, handling the amount of leads, the amount of customers calling in. I mean, at the end of every month, we're scratching our head of man. We had substantial growth, but gosh, we, we missed out on this amount of customers, you know, and I'm standing from the sales team going, what happened? Why did this happen? And they're like, we worked 12 hours a day. There's only so many days, so much, so many minutes in the day that we can call people. Um, and those have been probably some of our, our biggest challenges. And then in the midst of it all, finding people that, you know, Tyler is able to kind of let loose of the reins and, and trust his his upper management and middle management and ultimately the um, ultimately the uh, employees to be able to continue to help grow the company without necessarily his assistance on everything. So those have been some, some tough times or some tough, not times, but tough um, uh, aspects of the growth. Now what's great about it is in the midst of it all, we have a bunch of people here who have never had 
to build these systems, who have never had to build these processes, who have never had to uh, given the task to get these size orders out the door the way that we have asked them to do. Every one of them has worked extra hours. Every one of them has worked hours that, you know, no human being should have to work. Um, They've worked weekends. They have gone above and beyond to build the best processes, to build uh, the um, best way to get products out the door and um, building our new technology to make our future growth even stronger and better. It's been tough. It's been a learning process. But, I mean, my God, when you're back-to-back top 100, you know, growing companies in North America, the challenges are are going to be there. Um, but it's how the people face those challenge challenges is what really matters. Where do you find such dedicated employees? It goes back to uh, the leadership. I mean, the thing is, is we give anybody a chance, and we probably give them more than I mean, we give them a million chances sometimes to prove themselves to us. Abraham Lincoln. What people don't realize is Ulysses S. Grant was the seventh general for Abraham Lincoln. Okay, he wasn't the first. Well, his other six generals, he never fired. He just repurposed them. He saw talent in them. That's why he put them as a general. And the talent didn't necessarily, their their talent didn't line up with his vision. Okay? So he would take those talented people and he would find other spots where they were best fit. Until he found Ulysses S. Grant, who wasn't the greatest general in the world, wasn't the most talented, but lined up with Abraham Lincoln's vision. So for us, we're kind of the same way. We may hire someone and put them in one spot and go, whew, this isn't the best spot for them. Not the right move there. But this person gets here on time every day. This person works extra hard every day. Even though they may not know exactly what they're doing with this position, they're willing to do the best they can. They're asking questions. They're asking for help. This this is the type of person I want. I want this type of person with my company. Where's the best fit for them? And then at that point, we find the best fit for them. That's who we are. We're veteran-owned. We're also family-owned. So we're all about the family aspect. And with great leadership comes great attitude. And we make a work environment that people want to come here. They want to come here every day. They want to work. They want to face those challenges. And they want to see the end result. They can't wait to see or hear back from that customer that got that order. And the customer is super pleased. So it's finding the right people and finding the right place for them. Their first position might not be the best position, but it's being able to look at them and go, we understand this isn't the best spot for you. A lot of places was just let the person go at that point, not us. We go, what are your talents? Where are you strong suited? Because this position was not the best spot for you. And we find that spot for them and we put them in it. Nine times out of 10, if not more, they become very successful in that position. It's gratifying. Yeah, it definitely is. What's next for Nine Line? <sighs> Almost said something terrible on on this recording. Um, <laughs> um, a lot of illegal stuff. You know, we've got a we've got a plane, we've got a boat. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> we got to get we got to pay off the the building here <laughs> quickly. <laughs> no. Um, What's next for Nine Line? Uh, our next venture definitely is uh, Made in America. You know that's that's a priority for us right now is, is Made in America um, and moving in that direction. Something in the short term that's really cool is um, uh, 
person that you've met yourself is Mark Ozgeist from Benghazi, Survivor of Benghazi, a hero from there. Uh, we're going to be doing his apparel. We're going to be able to uh, print the Oz line. Um, so it's going to be really neat. to. He's a fun guy to work with, um, humble man, a uh, man that sticks uh, to his beliefs and his faith and his family. Um, his values line right up with ours. And he's a true patriot. So it's going to be fun working with him on some designs and uh, see if we can toe that line a little bit <laughs> between between patriotic and inappropriate sometimes. But uh, no, that's that's a short term thing that we're going to be doing. But a long term is definitely more American made products, trying to switch as much of our our line over to made in the USA as possible. Thank you for taking the time. Thank I you. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank it's you. This is a facility and impressive company. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming down. Uh, Stoddard's is definitely a company that we enjoy working with. Um, I, I look forward to continue to to grow our relationship with you guys. And thank you for what you do with the Second Amendment. Thank you for what you do in the Atlanta community. Um, I know that the police officers and the first responders up there appreciate you guys. And our mutual friend, Mike Brooks, uh, speaks highly of you guys as well. And uh, the biggest thing is I'm a huge buy local person. I'm a huge Georgia-based company guy um, and, and, and veteran-owned guy. So those things are, are huge initiatives for me. When I go to purchase something, when I go to hire someone, I kind of look for those, those things. And for you guys to be another Georgia company, uh, we're, we're appreciative of our relationship. And uh, I, I look forward to 2018 and look forward to seeing what happens with Nine Line and what also happens with Stoddard's up in Atlanta. But we feel the same way. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, right. Ken. Appreciate it. This is Ken Bay. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bullet Points. Stoddard's has teamed up with Nine Line to offer for a very limited time an exclusive and limited edition Nine Line Stoddard's t-shirt. To learn more or to order yours today, visit stoddardsguns.com.